sex workers it's a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers oh my god i'm selena the stripper the carnivorous clover is sadly not with us today but carnivorous yes there's they're part-time carnivorous (laughs) Uh, i just like that as a descriptor (laughs) but they're in our hearts and we're joined by the stripping star champagne if you ever had like an on the road tour (laughs) That could be your your tour name, Strip and Star Champagne. Um, anyway, Star is here to ta- uh, to talk about securing the bag URL versus IRL. This is part two of the two part episode, kind of. Uh, it's a continuation, and I love Star so much. Oh, I love you so much. What a beautiful face. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> I love you so much, Daddy. I love you so much too. <laughs> daddy to daddy mm-hmm. um okay so star is a queer dancer sugar baby camera a swap organizer sex workers rights activist artist and so much more i should have said that in the other episode but i'm gonna put it in your bio sure it's gonna be in there so everybody can find your social media yay so welcome thank you it's great to be here it's great to be here <laughs> we're here in bk new york city new york city we're in brooklyn mm-hmm. um it makes me think of this one song it's like uh it's like there's a song about brooklyn girls i don't know why i'm thinking about this i love listening to songs about where i am yeah I'm right <laughs> whenever before i moved to la i was just like thinking of like tupac like to live and die in LA. When we were walking it's around Chinatown yesterday, I kept on going like, "When you're in New York, yes, green <laughs> tomato, there's nothing you can't do." <laughs> we're just like trying to find a fucking handbag and yeah. then like running around singing this. Yeah, that's the best. It was fun. Yeah, very fun. Oh man, I was like, so I'm disappointed. My uh, SD sugar daddy was like, I can't hang out tonight. So boo! Boo! Right. I'll be your sugar daddy. Please be my sugar daddy. Well. <laughs> Will you be mine sugar yeah. daddy? Mine sugar daddy. Yeah, we can like um, do it for each other. It's fine. That'll be hot. It's mm-hmm. great. Well, I'll throw money on you. You'll throw money on me. Love it. <laughs> I'll buy you a nice designer purse, but it'll be knockoff. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know I have no qualms about that. <laughs> I, too, have no qualms with knockoff. I actually have never... Like, people are always like you know, what kind of car do you want, babe? I'm like, um, I don't know, like a fuel-efficient something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like give, like, give me, like, you want, like, a... You want, like, a Lamborghini? Maserati. No, I could see you in, like, a Porsche. You're, like, you're hot. Your body's hot like a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need, like, a fuck? Tesla. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I'm, well, I'm actually considering buying a Tesla. Okay. Well, that's, like, more efficient, so... Yeah, just because it's purely, like, the fuel economy, to yeah, be honest. Totally. I have a Toyota Prius. It's very nice. It's great. I love it. Yep. You drove me in this Prius. Mm -hmm. I named her either the Slutmobile or the Bratmobile, depending on the context. (laughs) The Bratwagon. Bratwagon is cute, too. (laughs) The Bratmobile, the Slutmobile, or what was the Slutmobile? Slutmobile or Bratmobile, Mm. depending on who the cargo is. Both of them are hot. Yeah. Slutmobile most of the time. Yeah. You know, not everybody's in the industry. Mm Mm-hmm. But we are. We sure are. And that's why we're on this episode of Ho in the Know. So, Welcome. 
we begin every episode with a segment we call Historical Hose. So this week's historical hoe is uh, Francisca da Silva de Oliveira. So I got most of my information from Wiki and Blackpast. Um, so Francisca da Silva de Oliveira was a slave, concubine, and later noblewoman. Born in a diamond and mining town in Minas Gerais, Brazil, between 1730 and 1735, she's called a woman which means she's like light-skinned. Um, I asked my Brazilian friend about this, and he was like, it's essentially like the paper bag color, like paper bag test for oh, yeah. the United States. So she's like paper bag level brown. <laughs> she's uh-huh. a mixed woman. So she was the daughter of a Portuguese man, so a white Portuguese man and a black uh, slave woman. And uh, so she was first owned, so she's a slave, to, to be clear. So Francisca was first owned by Domingos da Costa, then later sold to Manuel Pires Sarginha, with whom she had her first son, Simão Pires Sarginha. Um, so he was never, or he was later listed as one of uh, Manuel's heirs, although he was never formally acknowledged. So he was able to kind of like gain some title and also kind of like pass eventually, like uh, racially pass up the, up the food chain toward lightness. Uh, she began a romantic relationship with her third owner, Joao Fernandes de Oliveira, a diamond mine owner of one of the most afflu- and one of the most affluent people of colonial Brazil. So sources suggest that Francisca was freed by Joao, um, and after being granted her freedom, uh, okay, so she has a nickname, uh, Chica da Silva. Mm-hmm. So Chica officially changed her name to Francisca. Da Silva de Oliveira in, case, in order to erase her history as a slave. Um, so I think she also probably, oh, so she had like initially, I think, uh, a slave last name. So she changed it to become uh, Portuguese. Um, so she, this was like really important to her sons. Like Simão was able to hide his mother's slave ancestry and the status of being an Ill- illegitimate son in order to receive the prestigious uh, title of the Knight of the Order of Christ. So, uh, Francisca was essentially Joao's concubine for many years, long enough to have 13 children Holy together. Shit. I what? cannot imagine. This is the 1700s. Oh my God, she survived she 13 had 13 births? children. Oh like, my God. This is the time where like everyone's dying from giving birth and she yes. did it 13 times. I don't understand. That's powerful. The 13th slid out, I swear. <laughs> Were any of those twins? Like, God, I have no idea. I mean, she just, I mean, and I also, like, how many of them actually survived? Right, that's true. Like, I don't understand. I'm impressed that she survived all that. But I really am, too. Well, she's obviously a very resilient woman. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so Chica has another side. She was also the owner of many slaves who helped her in the house and worked in the mines in the region. Um, and she presented herself in a very ostentatious manner, lots of golds and uh, big, oh. like, you know, big, nice dresses, very fancy to differentiate herself from the other mixed people in her society, the other pardos. So uh, people often show their status through their material items, uh, which for Chica included her clothing, home, slaves, and change in name. 
And by the end of her life, she also included Dona at the beginning of her name for a somewhat more prestigious title. Wow. So Dona just means like owner. Mm-hmm. So um, she became a slave, or she went from slave to slave owner. Yeah, That's she did. That's very interesting. Yeah, so um, stereotypes about non-white women were abundant during the colonial period, and while gender, race, and color worked together to systematically disadvantage Negro women, some individuals, such as Chica, use their perceived hypersensuality to invert gender and power relations. That sounds familiar. That does. (laughs) Uh, Once socially mobile, these women were even seen as more dominant than their masters. Uh, Concubinage and marriage between white male and black females in colonial Brazilian society was a way found by the enslaved to change their social position and to escape racism. And it was also like different in Brazil because um, versus like in the United States, all of the the pilgrims and whatnot came as families mm-hmm. versus well, Portuguese, it was pretty much exclusively just men coming. Oh. So they didn't have their wives, they didn't have their partners, and so they pretty much just took up with like native women and slave women. Oh, I see. So there's more opportunity. So there was like a lot more mixing, and that was yeah. just part of it versus like the whole like um, deeply segregated history of the United States. And another thing about that is like there was no um, like civil rights era in Brazil. It was just kind of like slavery eventually ended. And then, yeah, like nothing. I mean, race relations are, of course, more, like, very different there. But Mm -hmm. it's it's still, you know, very racist and all of that. So, um, anyway, so (laughs) while she was enjoying her power and, uh, you know, rise in social position, Chica was, uh, however, banished from the parish church because it was reserved for whites only. So to show the locals Chica's power... Uh, Joao Fernandes, her man, her man, her daddy, mm-hmm. uh, built a luxurious church attended just by Chica. Wow. He fucking built her a whole I church. Love that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but she also, so she attended like brotherhoods exclusive to whites and other stuff to like fit in with the whites and whatnot. So anyway, um, if you're interested in learning more about her, there is actually a novella partially based on her life called, what? it's titled uh, Chica da, da Silva. So X-I-C-A da D-A Silva, S-I-L-V-A. So it's like, it's a Portuguese novella, or uh, sorry, a Brazilian novella in Portuguese. I, I don't know great. if you can get it translated, but it's, it's very, you know, it's fun. It's a novella. It's sensational. I want to watch this. I the love woman. watching media about sex work, even if it's, yeah. like, not portraying it yeah. in a good way. Or I mean, anything. it's, like, she's portrayed as, I think, like, this kind of, like, uh, trailblazer. That's great. And just, like, you know, like, sensual, hot, wild woman. Not mm-hmm. necessarily wild, but just, yeah, like, you know. Wild in that time, for Wild sure. in that time. I mean, definitely. Um, and the woman who plays her is fucking gorgeous. I bet. Just to die for. So please check out. Can't wait. <laughs> please check out the, the novella. Um, it's also another thing on my list, on my hit list. Nice. <laughs> so we're back with Star. Hello. Today. That's a whole other day. Oh, yeah, totally. It's a new day. <laughs> a completely new day. I woke up and I had a different breakfast today. Yep. It was not dessert shavings. I'm actually not doing breakfast anymore because I heard on the last podcast that Big Cereal is just trying to manipulate us. Yep. 
and so I am boycotting all breakfast foods. As you should. And I know that I saw you at the rally yesterday yeah. at the General Mills Here in New York place. City. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a rally it was. It was so wild. So today, a very different new day, and we've had different breakfast, or no breakfast at all, actually, because we just breathe. So today, let's get into the questions. So you're very queer. Yep. Very gay. So gay. Um, is it fair to say that you're entirely disinterested in cishet men? Um, yeah. I think so. I think that's fair. Um, I am not opposed to queer men, um, trans masculine people, trans men. Um, but in my experience, um, dating cis het men, it has not been my thing. Um, and we're not super compatible in that way. And I just don't pursue it. Um, I date pretty much any gender other than that. I mean, that makes sense. Do you ever have to convince your clients to, like, not pay attention to the big, glaringly rainbow flag? Oh, constantly. <laughs> um, constantly. My whole work career is just me pretending to be a heterosexual. <laughs> or, like, a bisexual is what I just say. Just bi. Like, Sometimes you're just I aiming for I'm, bi. I'm, like, bi-curious. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because I do use, like, the word pansexual to describe my sexuality. Um, in the real world um, and bisexual and pansexual have a lot of overlap but mm -hmm. when I'm telling my clients that I'm bisexual they think of it as a very like binary kind yeah, of like yeah. oh you're attracted to women and you're attracted to men but you're probably attracted to men a little bit more yeah. maybe you're just curious maybe you like make out with your roommate but yeah you know, I think they imagine the like the, the whole day. make out your fr with your friend at a party yeah or at a bar. that's totally the kind yeah. of thing um, I will never let on to a client that I'm not genuinely into them because the mm -hmm. whole selling point is that oh yeah we have a it's thing, a possibility, you know? yeah. Um, so yes, I am absolutely <laughs> straight for pay, <laughs> as I like to say. Straight for pay, mm -hmm. I love that. Um, then like, okay, so you work at a strip club part-time or full-time? I don't know how to define that. I mean, I, like, okay, so my only jobs like right now things, are yeah. like stripping and camming, basically. And you know, like the... Uh, sugaring and whatever like random yeah. gigs like but like <laughs> side gigs side gigs yeah um, but you're like okay so you're like, like a full time you're a full time yeah. sex worker stripping provides the bulk of the income yeah, right now totally and then like kind of the vids become like a secondary like almost passive yeah so course. I have that up so I can like make money when I'm not online so yeah make money through videos and make money through camming um make money through like sessions outside the club sometimes but most of the money is from dancing how long have you been a dancer two years two my years. anniversary is in september oh wow mm -hmm. happy birthday so i turned 21 and i became a stripper in the same week so oh, i get to celebrate <laughs> my stripper anniversary with my birthday oh that's so sweet yeah it's cute i my stripper anniversary i guess it was in july or june or something god yeah. How long wow. have you been dancing? Probably about the same, like two years and uh, You've definitely some been change. dancing more than, than that. Me. I don't know. Because I was a baby a stripper when you maybe. met me, and you were like good at it. Maybe two and a half years. I don't know. It's maybe hard to three. keep track. I'm saying maybe three. Wow. I mean, maybe it's been like intermittent because <laughs> I definitely like I started and then I took a huge break to oh, like that's move true. to Brazil. I don't know so, how like, to like, count whole, that. Yeah, and it wasn't even that long. Like. Because I was just very lucky. I found, like, my sugar daddy pretty immediately when mm -hmm. I was out at 
at our my former club. <laughs> yes, my current club. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cute? Do we name names or not? We don't have to. Um, I don't care, but if you care, that's okay. I don't. Fine. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So I used to work work at and um, yeah, that's where I met him, and he was just like a very very good, mild mannered guy, and he essentially funded my trip to Brazil single handedly. Mm. Well, not single handedly. I also worked a I lot. I also met my daddy at. The <laughs> I also met my daddy at. Uh. <laughs> yeah so i'm um, like i have a daddy too so how have your boundaries changed over time oh my gosh what a good question so uh profoundly um, <laughs> right <laughs> well i think you know uh in the last episode we were talking a lot about my uh first days in sex work or mm-hmm. first experiences in sex work and like i just had no conception of what my boundaries were at all like i um, it's not that I like had less boundaries. I think I just didn't know where they were. Yeah. Um, and, so, and also like what people were doing comparatively. Right. Exactly. It's all like cloak and daggers. When you start working <laughs> in a club, you start working around other workers. And I think that gives, gave me like some kind of idea of like what was expected from me in that environment. Like yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do anything extra. I'm yeah. not going to like let them grow my boobs. I'm not going to let yeah. them like... Yeah, I was just like easing into it. So yeah, I for the longest time, boundaries. I didn't like let anybody suck on my nipples. Like that was yeah. a, a big line that I was like, I'm not gonna, I can't do that. <laughs> right, totally. And and the more that you do it, it's and the more that's like, like uh, okay. fluid boundaries, very fluid boundaries. Yeah. So I kind of like have used the club as a place to experiment with my boundaries, but I've noticed that they're really different with each customer. So I only feel like willing to do something extra if the customer is like willing to pay for it, hasn't Mm -hmm. been pushy about it, hasn't been giving me red flags. Yes. Yeah, it's different Definitely, definitely. Um, But I am that bitch doing extras in the club. Love it, love it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of people don't want to fess up. No one wants to fess up and no one wants to admit that it's like totally fine. It's very fine. It's literally okay. And it's like one of the few relatively safe places that you can do more. Like you can provide like partial service or full service. Yeah, I like having the safety of the strip club. I mean, it's also a risk being in a strip club. Yeah. It's it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I provide my extras in the private rooms for the most part. And um, there's always the risk that a bouncer could walk in, that my manager could watch me on the camera. Yeah, um, I think about that all the time, too, because, yeah. well, I also wonder, like, there are cameras in every room, of course, mm-hmm. um, but I also wonder if, like, they're actually hooked up or not. Right, or if so, anyone's like, really watching. If anybody's or watching. Or if they are watching, maybe they're just jerking off, like. I mean, yeah, that's another thing which would be, like, fine, like, relatively comparatively versus, like, right. holding it over your head as blackmail. I think, you know, as long as I've been working at these clubs and doing extras, I think at this point, the managers must know. Yeah, right. I think like it's so. not a secret, but it's like it's also not just me. It's lots of it's girls a lot do of girls. this. Yeah, um, I think so. I think it's probably like it's like maybe half of the girls. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much stigma from other dancers around. It this. is. I mean, there's so much, and I think I think one of the bigger misconceptions that I, th- I mean, I feel it's a misconception is that full service girls are taking work away from right. like people who don't. It's not even true because. I th- in my experience, and I said this on the on one of the previous episodes, but it's like customers have a type, right? And it's like I'm charging extra for these things. Yeah, this isn't like your standard room experience. Yeah, like you buy a private room with me and you pay the price of the private room. I'm not gonna give you a hand job. Yeah, you ask me for a hand job and you give me four hundred more dollars. Yeah, we got a deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking business away from someone who just wants to sell a regular room because yeah. I sell those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Definitely. And it's not like it's a constant thing. And like you said earlier, it's like person to person, respect yeah. level. Also, like probably how you feel in your body that day. Totally. Like what you're feeling up how safe for. I feel. How much money I'm going to make from how, it. How much how money you've already made. The money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are all factors. Does his genital area smell kind of funky? Like, how horny am I today? Yeah, exactly. How (laughs) horny are you? Yeah. That's a funny thing. Like, I mean we do we're in like the business of like grinding on people and like you are gonna like sometimes get aroused by that because mm-hmm. it's just like genital I've had some hot customers yeah TBH. for real it's like rare for me to have hot customers because I'm not usually attracted to men yeah but I can be in like this setting in this like very purely physical way yeah um because like you get bored if you don't you know? I think it's I, I think it's good and it, like there's no nothing wrong with enjoying your work not especially at all. as a sex worker if you can enjoy it, you should you really should because mm-hmm. a lot of people are really not enjoying it yeah and like i think that's unfortunate i don't feel like people should be pressured into that but also you know you got to do what you got to do it's a fucking capitalist society Truly. so yeah make your money however you got to even if you got to hold your nose but it's good to have some pleasure in the moment if you can yeah totally it's, it's like, possible. It's better for your longevity, too. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't happen every time. It happens no, rarely, no. but, like, when it happens, I'm stoked. Oh, um, yeah, same, same. Yeah, definitely have had some peak experiences from sex work that I'm like, what the fuck? I'm getting paid. Yeah, same, same. No, just, mm-hmm. like, some, like, really hot guys come in. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, we're going to have to dance together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to have to pay me for my time. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I love it. And I always feel the most confident and powerful when I'm in a stripper setting. Like, my game of flirtation is just so strong. Like, I could seduce anything. Yeah. I could seduce a rock. <laughs> and I'm, like, not that good at flirting with people I'm genuinely into outside of the club. Oh, same. Especially, like, women. Oh, I'm my like, God. Women. <sighs> I don't know. I, like, can't even breathe. Right. Like, I'm, like, I'm very I, flustered. I'm so- I don't know, like... Like, the directness <laughs> that I exude when I'm at the club just, like, evaporates. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, also the level of touch comfort... Right. ...that I'm fine with with men is very different. So different. Like, I feel, like, so much more inclined to ask people oh my god. Yeah, like, yeah, like with women, I'm like, I'm not going to touch you unless you're 110% down for this. Yeah, at the strip club, you just go up to a guy and you sit on his lap yeah. and you're like, hey, baby, yeah, you know, you exactly. can't do that to, like, a hot girl you see at the bar. Like, I dance on a guy and I'll, like, grope his junk and be like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's totally chill, but... Yeah, women, it's, like, a whole different thing because of, obviously, like, rape culture and everything. Yeah. Very important to have consent. So important. I mean, consent for everybody. Consent for everybody, yeah. obviously. Strip clubs are just really yeah, specific yeah. kind of pursuing. Yeah. That's specific. So, like, do you mind talking about what extras you're comfortable providing? Yeah, sure. So, um, that changes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, case yeah. To case. Do handies. Handies are great. Hand it's jobs. Like, hand jobs are clean-ish. I mean, come, Yeah, it's relatively like, clean. Yeah, I don't have to worry about... Um, having the right gear yeah um, bringing boundary or bringing barriers and yeah stuff. so i don't do anything that involves barriers at the club because it's just too much work and i don't want to worry about disposing of condoms yeah. and stuff so i don't do like intercourse um mm-hmm. and i don't do blow jobs most of the time <laughs> most of the time most of the time um I do a lot of like letting clients finger me, mm-hmm. uh, mutual masturbation, mm-hmm. uh, pretending to come, all Hot. that kind of stuff. 
yeah i so. like that that's sweet yeah i um, carry a vibrator with me in yes. my stripper bag yeah you convinced me to carry a vibrator with me mm-hmm. now so now i have my little bullet and so sometimes i bullet. just you know like, i like to think that our bullets are vibrating together across the oh, united states that's so cute i love it vibrate in unison <laughs> yeah so it's, it's really just about what the client wants yeah um, what about uh couples oh oh this is my favorite yeah so um I have a lot of clients who are couples, which is my favorite, um, because I'm gay, and <laughs> I direct all of my attention to the woman. Um, which is usually what they want. Yeah, totally. So I, if I'm doing extras with a couple, I love going down on the woman, Ooh, um, making the husband watch. Does, do you ever <laughs> let her go down her. on you? Yeah. Oh, it's hot. I love it, yeah. yeah. Um, I should maybe, like, think about barriers more, but... No, it's really hard. I've... YOLO. I've, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just into it. I'm like, I'm gonna get my fussy legs, my yeah. hot girl at <laughs> work, you know. Um, yeah, so I love couples. They're my favorite. Um, oh my god, I love couples. Yeah, I mean, especially like, it. especially the ones where like the woman is genuinely, or like the person, the femme person with vagina is genuinely into women or femmes, right? Like totally. into the pussy. Yes. So. <laughs> It's, like, the best thing. Because, like, whenever it's, like, oh, I guess I'll go because, like, he's into it and, you know, like, we do it together. I just, like, I don't, I don't like that. Because it usually, like, right. ends up with some level of tension So afterward. much jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward. I've definitely had couples who were awful, but... Mm. Yeah. The and then also like the thing where you're ones. like dancing with a couple and then like the guy's like always like fingering his girl like right. I do. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah, like, there's a lot of that going on in the rooms that I do with couples. Which I honestly don't mind because it's like, well, then she's doing the work. Right. Like, I don't have to do anything. I just yeah, have to be like, here I just have to, it. like, be there and, like, yeah. maybe put my tits in your face. Exactly. And, like, it's, it's a little simpler. You know, like, it's cool. Like, I've, like, facil- I'm, like, the facilitator. Yeah. You're, like, the spicy new element that's, yes. like, spicing <laughs> up they're already established before it was dynamic. a peanut butter sandwich but now it's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah and it tastes so good all together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh one time i was caught by a bouncer doing extras was with a couple oh my gosh oh what my happened God. um it was a room towards the end of the night and we were gonna close soon and the bouncer knocked on the door and opened it no literally like knock and open in the same movement wrong. um That's and my wrong. head was <laughs> in between this woman's thighs and her tits hot. are out i mean it's hot i was eating her out and her husband was just like on the couch next to us just like watching just enjoying himself living the his best just life like, we're gonna close soon so just so you know <laughs> i'm <Wow>. like shit <laughs> wiping my mouth <laughs> i mean it's like the least he could have done is knocked yeah literally but they kind of want to catch you yeah i mean i feel like that's just how this is like Mm -hmm. they just are like out to that was actually so how do you like handle the stigma of people like because you mean definitely people talk shit about yeah full service sex workers all the time have to have that like thick skin i don't give a fuck attitude Mm -hmm. um i mean yeah i'm not gonna lie it hurts when i hear dancers talk down about girls who provide extras or 
girls who are escorts or girls who do any kind of full service work. Yeah. It's really, really sad mm-hmm. that, that um, horror phobia is so present even inside the club. Yeah, you know, there are the levels community. to this shit. Um, yeah. A lot of strippers don't even consider themselves sex workers. I know. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't handle that. I can't handle that either. I'm like, this is so clearly sexual. It's what are you talking about? It's very clearly that, yeah. Like, our job is to stimulate people's dicks in their laps. The only difference is, like, their dick is in their pants versus yeah. out of their pants, yeah. basically. So. And somehow that's, like, a giant leap for a lot of people. It is, yeah. And, it, yeah, it's fine to, like, have your own boundaries, you know? Nothing wrong with not providing extras. Just... Mm-hmm. Don't be a dick. But respect people. And I think, I mean, another important thing is, like, you know, that you do have so much safety in the club that you don't have in other places to provide full service. Like, you have bouncers, and you have, like, a set amount that you're getting paid, like, minimum, like, Mm -hmm. for the time that you're working and all of that. Like, so there are more protections versus going to a random place and, like, maybe being able to vet your client versus maybe not being able to. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of vetting... There was a site that you mentioned for verifying people. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe it's called Verify Him. I need to do more research on this. So you said it was kind of like a database for where, like, sex workers can post um, about other clients. Or, like, so if you search somebody... Yeah, you can search a client, and I believe if the client has been searched before by other providers, you can see that. So you only search someone if you're really serious about meeting up with them. Mm -hmm. Um... And I think it costs, like, a monthly fee, mm. too. But I've never used this, so I feel like I really can't provide the most accurate information yeah. Well, about I mean, this. it's still good for people who but, are out there yeah. who aren't interested Look in getting into full service. Verify like, him. Verify him. Because mm-hmm. I was afraid, I think I, I thought that I heard that it had been taken down with Sesta and Fosta. Oh, jeez. I, I don't think it has. Well, I hope it hasn't. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, a lot of stuff that was, like, initially taken down is kind of, like, reemerging in different forms. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe, like, the porn bits of uh, Tumblr. Right. (laughs) Gone forever. R.I.P. R.I.P. Even though Tumblr now is owned by Pornhub, I think. What? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so confused. No, I know. And, like, I mean, Tumblr got purchased for, like, a really low amount of money comparatively. But, um, yeah. So I don't know how that changeover is going, but it's an interesting... Interesting in the news of sex work in the world and the financial world. Yeah, certainly. So you had a sugar daddy. You met a sugar daddy. Yes, I, we just broke up this past week. So I'm sorry. How do you okay. feel about that? Um, I'm sad I lost a source of income. Yes. I feel like I made the right decision to break up with him. It was time. He had been very disrespectful to me. There were red flags leading up to it. You know, mm-hmm. it was time. But... I'll miss that money. Yeah. Well, can you, like, describe the relationship from the start? Yes. So, um, I met my sugar daddy at the strip club, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. So, we met at the... And I don't remember the day we met, actually, Mm -hmm. because he kept on being a repeat client. um, And he would just come into the club, and I would recognize him. And we just, like, built a relationship from uh, seeing each other at the club. And when I started working... I ran into him there, and that's when he started, you know, specifically coming in to see me. So we exchanged numbers. I let him know when he was in the club. He's the kind of guy that's very flashy with money. Mm. So if he likes you, if you're one of his girls, he will make it rain on you. Oh, I love like that. Like rain, like thunderstorm. Oh, man. Um, which was the most fun part about being with this dude. There's nothing better than There's that. There's nothing better than that. Um... 
And so when I noticed that he was consistently paying me a lot, um, that's when I started really like investing in our relationship. So our dynamic kind of consisted of like hanging out in the club and every time I would go on stage, he'd make it rain. And then we would do a series of lap dances together, maybe like six or seven lap dances. Like singles? Uh, yeah, singles. Uh-huh. I, I, they're doubles actually, but okay. basically just long chunks of time of lap dancing. Yeah. Um, where he didn't want me to really do anything other than like hold him mm-hmm. and sit on him you know i, I wasn't like doing the bump and grind it was more just about the intimacy and yeah. having a private space together and really just like getting to touch each other um he dropped the l word on me pretty quick oh yeah he, he loved so we were together yeah. for like over a year i think that's a long time yeah. i mean it is it's like that's longer than a lot of regular non-financial relationship yeah honestly the longest i've dated anyone who i'm really into is a year and a half so i made it to about there with him yeah it's kind of funny to me that's Um, a substantial chunk of time yeah totally so did you start meeting outside of the club yes so um once i felt like he was sufficiently not a danger yeah not a danger and chill and whatever and also like the the interesting thing about our relationship was that he wasn't pushing me sexually Mm -hmm. Uh, he wasn't trying to get private rooms he he wasn't even interested you know Mm -hmm. he wasn't trying to meet up with me and have sex with me yeah um although i could tell he wanted to have sex with me he just wasn't being like pushy about it you know Mm. um so the first time we ever hung out outside the club we went to the casino oh Um, what can what casino uh, Maryland Live. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've never been there. How was it? It was fun. Um, so he's a gambler, of course. He loves oh, playing yeah. blackjack. Um, I mean, he likes to flash his money around. I yes. feel like these kind of like go hand in hand. Um, so we, uh, I went with another sex worker who's a friend of mine, and um, my sugar daddy's best friend was seeing my friend. Uh, oh, that's at amazing. the club as well so we kind of went on a double date um oh, i love it yeah and my friend's client was like oh i have to leave early or something mm-hmm. and uh dipped on the date while we were still on it my friend was really pissed and was like i don't know if like it's worth it for us to be here but like because he left can we both do this date with your daddy and then split it uh-huh. and i was like yeah you know that makes the most sense since we're already all the way out here yeah so we both went on this date with my daddy <laughs> and he bought a champagne we went to the high limit section oh. he won three thousand dollars <gasps> and then gave it to us oh my god and it was like a really peak experience <laughs> I have this video of um, us driving home from the casino where my friend is just throwing all the hundreds that we made on me while Uh I'm driving down the freeway. It's so good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And that's when I knew he was the one. I knew he was daddy. (laughs) I knew he was daddy. And that's about when I started calling him my sugar daddy. Oh, cool. So from then on, we would meet up basically weekly at Mm -hmm. the club. Mostly at the club. Our interactions were mostly there. Mm -hmm. Um, He would give me a consistent amount of money every time we met up you know all the intimacy all the i love you's all the you're really my friend you know looking Uh, for that realness Um, Uh he told me a lot about his life about his family about everything what did he look like so he's like a middle-aged uh chinese dude with really good fashion Mm. he's like really into designer clothes is he like slim build or thick Mm -hmm. like thicker build he is like slim yeah Okay. Yeah, tall, someday. short. Shorter, middle height, like taller than me, but not tall. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was not bad at all. Yeah. You know, not, like, repulsive you, in any way. Did, uh, was he, like, did you feel like um, it was very visible when you two would hang out? Or was it, like, you know, like, reasonable? Oh, yeah. When we would go out in public together, definitely. Um, definitely visible. So mm-hmm. I did a trip to Vegas with him uh-huh. in which we hung out for, like, five days together. Oh, my gosh. That's so much time. Mm-hmm. And whenever we were out... I was always like, oh, everybody knows what's going on here. I'm, like, <laughs> super hot young girl in a tight, short dress with mm-hmm. this, like, old dude at the casino. Wait, how old is he again? He's, like, middle-aged. I'd say, like, 50, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, enough that it, like, is visibly... Oh, an there's an attractiveness yeah. disparity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we were visibly... Mm-hmm. Um, in a financial relationship. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he's throwing around all that money. Yeah, um, yeah. He's trying to, like, flaunt stuff, and he's in designer stuff. Yeah. And, so yeah. that's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the whole time, he really believed that it wasn't about the money, which is hilarious. Wow. Yeah, he was yeah. really delusional in a lot of ways. It seems like it. Mm-hmm. So what caused the end? Uh, I don't want to entirely get into it, but basically he lied to me um, about something really important Mm -hmm. behind my back. Um, And it was just something I really couldn't get behind. Yeah, that's so frustrating. I mean, that's like any other relationship. It's like (laughs) so many relationships end because of lying. Right. And it's like I have really low expectations from my clients about Mm -hmm. them being like good people or being honest with me. Yeah. But what he lied about was important enough for me to be like no thank you (laughs) You yeah definitely yeah i mean it's understandable so like what's a surprisingly challenging thing that you've faced sugar dating oh my god i think it's um talking about money oh yes i really have a hard time you know when you're trying to build this relationship with someone that feels real when you have to like break that for a second and be like listen i still need to be paid um I really have the hardest time yeah. with that moment where you have to, you know, relate to them that it is it is a fantasy and like you yeah. are paying for my time and if you weren't paying for my time, then that this would not exist. This would not exist. Um, yeah. And while we were in Vegas, actually at a strip club, my sugar daddy said something like, um, "I really hope that if you know I lost my job and I didn't have all this money, you'd still hang out with me." And I had no idea what to say to it. Oh, wow. Because it yeah. was like, well, actually, well, I, I wouldn't hang out with you yeah. because uh, this has been about money from day one. And I think it's interesting because it's like the notion that it's normal to woo a woman with a lot of money, like by directly yeah. giving them money. He's being so flashy about his money, giving me money all the time and then telling me it's not about money. It's it almost felt like money. I was being gaslit. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's, he's definitely, like, doing one thing and his action, like, saying the opposite, you right. know? totally. And it's that's just, like, such a mind trip for me. Like, how does a person process that, like, obvious conflict? Like, obviously, internally, like, this has to be, like, well... It's not about money, but I'm giving this person thousands of dollars. So like every week, every week, and saying I love you, and, and like, I kind of <laughs> love, and I, you know, I love them. Um, and it's not about the money, I promise. You know, they we're just, just need, really good friends. They just need thousands of my dollars. That's right. It's totally normal. That's like every other uh, yeah. All my I've other friends, dated. I give them money. I give my friends thousands, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Every time we hang out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time we hang out, I always give my best friend a thousand dollars and yeah. tell them how much I love them. 
I'm not delusional. <laughs> I'm not delusional. I mean, it's so hard, and you have to have these difficult money conversations. Right. Like, I remember one time um, with one of my old sugar daddies, um, we had done several hour rooms at the and, um And so uh, it was me and um, this other girl, and it was like, so we were two-girling him, and rooms, uh, the total cost for him at the end of that night was, like, over $3,000 or something. Sure. And he was afterwards, like, trying to ask me, like, so I just, like, want to figure out this bill. Like, I don't understand. Like, I thought I was paying this much, and I was tipping you both this much, and didn't you get this much? And how come, like, what's the end of the night? Like, you know, you like, how, where did all of this money go? And I was, mm. and it was him on his end. I understood it to be him trying to um understand like his budget like really just trying to get like the details down so he could write it down in his like accounting notebook or whatever Uh but for me it was like the most stressful thing to like break down how we ended up like taking three thousand plus dollars from this man last night yeah it is stressful because that's not your job and it's not my job exactly it was like i wasn't the one handling his cards i didn't handle the receipts honestly they should take that stuff up with the bouncers who run the check yeah that's exactly and that's pretty much what i told him i was Mm -hmm. like you know like i don't know like what all of the money went to this is how much i had received at the end of the night so i assume that this girl made this equal amount and then this is what i got in tips so the other part like i can't talk about like because i'm not sure you should just talk to the person who was like handling it i know not every club is like this but at you know we don't set the prices no it's not up to us most clubs like you don't how much of a a cut we get no i mean sometimes the club will tell you how much of a cut you have to give them and you can say what you want to charge but yeah we're not it's not entirely up to us how much it costs to do something and so when a customer gets mad about the pricing i'm like i literally there's nothing i can do about this like just accept the rate exactly and then on top of that i mean like a lot of clubs have really high like uh credit card fees yeah atm fees too. yeah atm fees it's like 10 mm-hmm. percent of like whatever you withdraw Pay with cash and get your cash before get you your go to cash the club ahead of, yeah that's a pro tip like pro tip. go to your bank get all of your cash ahead of time if you're buying get a private too much room cash honestly if you're buying anything pay for it in cash pay it'll it be cheaper cash. the dancer will get more yeah you're gonna lose like a lot of money just not paying on your like not paying with cash yeah. from the bank pro tip pro tip <laughs> so i feel like that also accounted to, for some other things but like this conversation just went on for like 20 minutes of him like kind of grilling me trying to figure out this budget and i was like the most stressed out because we were um, out we were out on a shopping date slash mall date um or sorry shopping slash movie date mm-hmm. i was like oh my god i cannot talk more about money <laughs> Yeah. Um, like this person I'm already so uncomfortable yeah it's not your job to do that it's really not but like, that is like a surprisingly like stressful thing about sugar dating it really is also like whenever you're like meeting somebody at like a hotel or whatever and you're like okay well now pay me everything mm-hmm. like or like you like try and just like have like you know your little early like hello how's it going <laughs> da, da, da. and then like now you pay me and after. then you have to bring it up yeah, yeah you have to bring it up and it's never convenient and never and it's always the most uncomfortable part it's of the very transaction yeah. yeah yeah but it's the most important part it's for the you most as a important worker. part exactly and like there's no reason why it should be right i wish hard. that you know i think this is the stigma of sex work it coming is. to bite us and i think it's also the stigma of like 
you know, AFAB's like handling money. Yeah, asking for money. Asking for money, handling finances, being straightforward about demanding certain prices for totally. things. And I think if and there was like less stigma about paying for a company, about paying for a provider, paying a sugar baby, if we can accept that that's a normal and reasonable thing to do, then maybe yeah. that these people will have a less hard time conceptualizing that paying us up front is like just the formality of it oh yeah of course it's like yeah. a service you know like it is. you don't like pay for your massage later like yeah. you pay up front you don't like pay for your meal at well i guess you do pay for your meal after you eat it yeah sometimes. you pay for your meal after you eat it sometimes but, but this is but sex generally this is different. yeah <laughs> yeah it's different and there's not the same like levels of risks yeah so whenever you were with your sugar daddy, you used to go out and get dances. You would go to strip clubs together, right? Yes, we did a couple of times, um, mostly while we were in Vegas. Um, so was it in the last podcast I talked about my love of cam girls? Yes, yes. <laughs> as a client. I also love strippers as a customer. Yes. Um, I mean, it just goes along with being gay. But um, <laughs> whenever I'm at the club uh, and working, I'm always like, really attracted to all my coworkers and checking them out and stuff mm -hmm. so finally got the opportunity to be on the other side of that as a client and spending my sugar daddy's money oh instead my God, of my own better. so i had a like unlimited finances basically because yes. i consider his wallet like oh yeah bottomless. it's your wallet yeah um i know he's rich i know he can afford me having oh, a yeah. night at the club so yeah. um I was being daddy AF. I was throwing money in the air. Mm -hmm. I was getting lap dances after lap dances <sighs> after lap dances after lap What's dances. it like getting a lap dance? It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. I can't even describe it. I mean, what I do love about it is that everyone kind of does something else. Everyone does something unique. Mm -hmm. um, I went to a strip club in philly by myself i guess not by myself but with a friend not with a sugar daddy mm -hmm. and um, i bought myself a lap dance from this girl that literally could make her ass vibrate Ugh. like she had micro control over her muscles oh my god and her ass was vibrating That's in my incredible. lap and like that killed me dead you know? i don't understand that muscle control it's incredible to mm -hmm. me it's truly a skill it was amazing so yeah i love um getting dances from strippers who have different skills than me mm -hmm. different bodies than me yeah um there are dancers who i've gotten dances from that they actually just want to sit next to me and talk most of the time and mm -hmm. i'm like okay you're really pretty that's fine Aww. um ones that want to just dance and not talk at all ones yeah that just put their boobs in my face i'm here for it all yeah I'm just gay, man. It feels good to be touched by a hot girl. Yeah. <laughs> when I was getting um, lap dances in Vegas, like I was with my sugar daddy and four of his guy friends. So oh, it was wow. like a guy's trip and I was the only provider of any sort on uh -huh. the trip. So I had not talked to another woman or like oh, another wow. sex worker in days. And the attention that I was getting from these strippers at the club was like therapeutic actually yeah it made me feel like i was connecting mm -hmm. with people i could actually connect with did they i, I like did were they able to like identify you as like a sugar baby uh some of them did depending on how long i spent with them you yeah. know if i was just getting one lap dance maybe we didn't get into it but there were some dancers who i had longer interactions with I got a private room Ooh. by myself once, and we kind of went into it. Ooh. Did yeah. you um, ever get extras from dancers? No, I didn't, but I totally would. I would love to. I didn't want to, like, bring it up myself. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if they had offered, I might have been like, 
yeah but i hate it when my customers ask me for extras so blatantly that's very true um you have to do it in a tactful way so i think you have to do it in a tactful way but i also do kind of appreciate whenever people are straightforward so i don't waste my time straightforward yes but you sound like a cop if you do it in a certain way that's very true (laughs) that is very true yeah i think you have to wait till you're like in the private room to bring it up you can't just be like a lap dance can i get a hand job you know (laughs) so yes a single song and a single hand job Mm -hmm. yeah that's what everybody wants i don't understand that me neither so what was like the most exciting thing you did like sugar dating sugar dating uh honestly going to the strip clubs as a customer yeah really was like my shit i loved that um I loved being in an environment where I could be open about uh, our dynamic as a mm-hmm. sugar baby and sugar daddy, and all of the other girls were, like, familiar with that. No stigma. They're there doing the same thing, but just on a different scale. Because, um, uh, you know, traveling and being seen with a sugar daddy in any other environment is really, like, visible and kind of scary. And yeah, it a lot is. Of stigma. <laughs> so just being in a space where that was like very acceptable and that I could also get something out of it was peak that's so interesting to consider because I mean I guess there are very few spaces where it feels comfortable to like be a sugar baby with like the typical arrangement where like the man is significantly older like 20 years older than you or more and then like you go out and like you're looking your hottest Mm -hmm. because obviously (laughs) and like you know people are gonna stare people have questions like I always got the dumbest questions, like, um, are you two related? Is that your dad? (laughs) Yeah, is that your granddad? I mean, it's so obvious, me and this dude, were not related in any way. No, I feel it was was the same for me and my sugar daddy, because he was also, like, a Chinese man. So, yeah, yeah, so I was, like, he looked not at all related to me, but I think it was because we were both not white, that it was, like, this is plausible. Like, maybe there's some relation. Or they they would be, like, where are you both from? Yeah. Like there's like this magical land where people like him and people like me came land. out. Yeah. They're all the same. They're from the same They're place. They're from the same type of people. <laughs> it's a magical universe. Um, so you use dancing to work and travel. Yes. How has that been? It's been so fun. That's why I get to see you all the time. Yes. <laughs> so I go to LA uh, a couple times a year to visit my stripper dream team. Shout out to Cherry. Shout out to Clover. And also you, of course. Yeah, so LA was the first place I traveled for dancing. And that's actually how we became friends. Very sweet. <laughs> yes. Um, Where else have you been? I have been to Miami. Mm. It's, it's just LA, Miami. Miami, and Baltimore that I've danced in. I've danced in a lot of different clubs in those cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in Miami, I just danced at one club. But what were the differences? Like, what did you see at, in Miami clubs? Oh my gosh! So I worked at uh, Scarlet's. Scarlet's is like a warehouse strip club. is so big. Oh man, I um, hear that the clubs out there are massive. Yeah, totally. There's like just. A whole different scene in Miami and I don't even feel like I can talk about it that well because I wasn't in it for very long but well at Scarlet's um, you could just talk about Scarlet's yeah Scarlet's was like yeah warehouse um huge club they had like um have you ever seen one of those hoops on the stage mm, that like yes, the dancers yes. can dance on a spinning hoop oh, um wow. it was that a, seems like a club club like vibe yeah like a hoop totally. thing because I see that more like 
regular dance clubs. I think it was uh, Scarlet's was one of the whiter clubs, you mm. know, where they like hired white girls. Because in Miami, um, everyone loves big ass and big tits. So yeah, you got to go to like a white club to, <laughs> to have normal. Yeah, yeah just and there's to not have implants. Like in Baltimore, it's so segregated too with the white yeah. clubs and the black clubs. But in Miami, it was like there are white clubs, black clubs, and also like Spanish only clubs. Like yeah, Latinos. Only, like like no English at all um oh yeah yeah um so I was trying to like figure out where I fit in and all that um so yeah were the girls friendly not really no I didn't make many friends how was it for you financially uh it was about the same as like anywhere else I've worked it wasn't particularly great Mm -hmm. Um, and I worked like 4th of July so I don't know if like that season was slow Mm. Um, but yeah I didn't like make bank there or anything I made like average Mm -hmm. average money Um, I noticed there were a lot more flashy people um, like lots of people wearing designer who wanted to like tell you that they lived on Star Island and (laughs) convince you to come to their mansion but it was all like a front you know and they weren't actually tipping or spending money on you they just wanted to flex the people that talk the biggest game tip the least money yeah it was a lot of talking shit Um, and I don't remember like the private rooms or the lap dances very much there I think it was pretty standard stuff yeah yeah so like from between twenty and forty or yeah totally for a single totally yeah it was an interesting club lots of stages lots of high poles high poles loud music crazy lighting giant LED screen TV what yeah what was it playing like was it like a reel that they made like promoting the it club was just like crazy thing? lighting videos like light shows basically oh mm-hmm. that's interesting just fun graphics yeah. Um, so you are also part of this thing that's like a queer strip club. Yes, let's talk about the Life Lounge. Yes, please. So I, this year, have started dancing at Baltimore's only queer strip club, Woo-woo. known as the Life Lounge. Um, it's put together by my friend Poetry. Follow her on Instagram at Poetry Pull. So um, it's twice a month now. We do, uh, we take over a strip club that's like a regular strip club. We take over one side of it uh, every other Saturday night. And it's a strip club run by queer strippers. Mm -hmm. So all of the dancers are queer of some kind. All gender expressions, all genders as uh, bartenders, bottle people because you can't even say bottle girls because they're not all girls yeah, it's so people. fantastic uh, bottle people and dancers so i'm a dancer there um it's just a completely different environment like my customers are all queers a lot of like older lesbians um it's just such a beautiful club there's like a freeness to it that you can't find anywhere else and how do you dress for that so differently so i don't have to wear pleasers if i don't want to i could present uh butch i could be completely mask um i could be completely femme i've been really just having fun with my presentation there's also a theme every time we do it oh, so wow. what i dress up to the been? theme the last one was uh animal print <laughs> um, let's see what other themes have there been. Um, I'm trying to remember. Gosh, I can't off the top of my head. But yeah, cute themes every time. I mean, time. that's still that's really cute. And yes, um, is it like a well attended event? 
It depends on the week. Sometimes no, sometimes yes. We mm-hmm. had like a pride event where like everybody came. Oh wow. Um and like the Baltimore queers tend to be tuned in to when it's happening. That's so, really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel really like the fun. Baltimore queer scene is really popping. Yeah. Definitely. People are very plugged in. Yeah, and I learned through Life Lounge that there is a Baltimore queer scene that I was not tapped into at all. Huh. You know, there are so many more queers than we'll ever know. Yeah. <laughs> but I've I made a lot of new friends through this. Um, all wonderful gay people who mm-hmm. I had no idea existed before. It's like, there's a whole world out there. It's excellent. Yeah, do you, it seems like it's very, like, um, emotionally, like, renewing to have yeah, it's this kind definitely. of inversion it me of up. the club. Yeah, I don't make a lot of money when I dance there. Mm-hmm. usually don't make over $100. Aww. But I don't care. I would dance there for free. And I have had yeah. nights where I don't make any money there. And it literally is still worth it to me because I go there to spend time with the other dancers to mess around and take photos Mm -hmm. and just enjoy the space that poetry has created for us. Like, it is unique, one of a kind. Honestly, it should go down in history because it's just such a special It should. It should. I mean, I think it's interesting, like, the kind of pop-up queer strip club because I think we see that in some other places. Like, Mm -hmm. Cherry invited me to some... Um, it was like a femmes only night at Cheetahs, which is one of these like chain strip clubs oh, yeah. in LA. I've heard of that. Yeah, so like there's like various like femme nights at different clubs, nice. like gay nights and whatnot. Um, I think it's like an interesting like turn that we're taking uh, societally, and also I guess probably like just within like the sex worker community. Like, yeah, I mean it seems to be queer sex workers that are leading these events. Definitely. Yeah, which is how it should be. I yeah yeah, and I th- I feel like also like queerness kind of goes hand in hand with sex work in a lot of. Oh ways. yeah, absolutely. I think I mean I meet so many more queer sex workers than straight sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be a little bit. Yeah, right? I mean, like, they're not necessarily, like, fully one way or another, but right. it's, like, very fluid. So much fluidity, yeah. I've made a lot of great queer friends just from being in the sex work world, being in the stripper community. Mm-hmm. It's so valuable to me. I think it is really valuable. Do you feel like you, there's, like a like, a gap between older sex workers and, like, the newer wave of people who are using the term sex worker, even though I will mm. like preface this by saying the term sex worker was coined in the 1970s. So, so it's a very old term. What do you mean by like older sex workers? So, like, so like there's this movement right now as like we're both part of mm-hmm. people who are sex workers using that term versus saying like we're in the sex industry or like we are like I'm a hooker, I'm a prostitute, I'm a stripper. Like we mm-hmm. have changed the terms in a lot of ways to as like in part like a PR campaign hmm. to create visibility and validate like the work that we are producing. I, yeah, I think this and category th- sex worker like kind of brings everyone from different industries into the same category like with the term sex worker we're talking about strippers and we're talking about escorts and we're talking about phone sex operators and mm-hmm. people who like never do sex work beyond their phone um it's all in the same category and so that gives us like something to relate to each other and Mm -hmm. bring us all closer together i think it's a good thing i think so i mean i think it can be positive but i do think some older sex workers who like have firmer lines about the differences like just talking to one of my previous guests um she was saying 
you know, like, I don't know what all consists of, uh, like, what all falls under that umbrella and, like, what's wrong with just using the term, like, uh, adult industry or sex industry. I think Um, there's nothing wrong with those terms either. It's kind of like you have to determine it for yourself. Yeah. Um, And there's, like, jobs that I say are, like, sex work adjacent or, like, might involve a little bit of sex work. What would you consider to be sex work adjacent? Like, working at Hooters. Okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) totally sex work adjacent yeah it's very sex work adjacent mm-hmm. um where it's like you're sexualizing yourself in hopes of being paid and you know like offering something sexual but it's not quite sex work and I what about artistic nudes artistic nudes uh if someone only made artistic nudes uh, like selling them is that what yeah you mean? Selling, selling them nudes? selling artistic nudes I feel like that's a huge thing on the internet I think it's yeah. a huge thing and I think it's like uh I think it's one of those categories that people are like, I don't know if it's, like, fully sex work. Yeah. Because it doesn't involve, like, that much direct interaction, unless it does, whenever somebody's like, I want you to be, like, spread eagle on this kind of bed in your wetsuit. Maybe maybe it is, like, a a form of sex work, but I wouldn't say that someone who just, like, casually sells nudes, and that's it, that's all they do, mm-hmm. is a sex worker. What if know? they professionally sell nudes? If that's all they do, like, that's yeah. how they make their income? The primary thing. Yeah, is- totally. What about lewds? Lewds, oh my god. These are blurry lines. Like, I feel like I don't e- have all the answers for you, honestly. I know, I'm just I'm just curious because I also don't have the answers, and I yeah, think it's like- that it's like we're working out these lines and what is under the umbrella of right. the term sex worker. I can't tell someone whether or not to define themselves as a sex worker. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like it's very obvious whether Sometimes I think it's obvious and I think like some nudes are very explicitly like pornography. Yeah. Like to be consumed as porn. Right. But then there's also some stuff that's like boudoir photos and stuff like that or like people yeah. who are like cosplay nerds who like yeah. make lewds where like they you never see genitals or never yeah. see nipples but like pretty much everything but yeah you totally. like have pasties and a thong on so it's like where is that line where is that line especially I, in the digital age yeah i'm thinking about that a lot and i'm just realizing i I don't know. I don't know where that line is. And mm-hmm. there's, like, people who are doing these things that are sex work adjacent who are distancing themselves from the sex worker community. Yeah. Saying, like, I'm not like that. I yes. just happen to sell yes, photos yes. of myself in my underwear. And people say like, that all the time to separate yeah. themselves. Yeah. I think that's when it gets really problematic. Yeah. Sort of. It's like, do we, like, I mean, I want to be inclusive to people who feel like they're experiencing the things that marginalize us. And right. That like set apart our community, but I think there are a lot of question marks still, totally. and all of these terms are very much evolving as the movement evolves. I think if you're doing sex work, you know you're doing sex work. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to you to. That's true. Determine that is that. very true. Yeah, but it's one of those things. Like, what is porn? Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> Anything. Yeah, definitely. I've seen a lot of things that are porn that are not porn. Exactly. Whatever that may be, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to define it. And now that you're asking me this, I'm going to be thinking about it because I actually did not give that much thought. That's interesting. Yeah. I was like watching this other thing. Um, Have you ever heard of these like series of short cartoons called Spicy World? No. So my friend uh, suggested it to me and it's like this really, it's like, I don't know when it was made, like maybe like 90s or early 2000s or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, so all of the women characters are like Jessica Rabbit-esque 
vibe. Okay, so fun. like hyper sexualized, the, the tiniest hourglass. Yes. All of that. Um, but anyway, in one of them, it's like there. It's an episode that I don't like the title or anything or exactly, but it's an interesting episode. So mm-hmm. it, part of it is like the, the a bunch of full service sex workers are going missing, and kind of in their place there's these new booths that pop up and they're like these like automated type like robot women oh. that the clients can have sex with that have like their little personalities and whatnot and like there's one real sex worker left and she's trying to find customers and the guy goes um she, she like tries to like get him to like you know the worst the worst caricature of a sex worker like hey mister you want some of the real thing (laughs) and uh and anyway he's like no like i i don't want the real things my wife can smell you on me but she can't smell her and then he gets like whisked away by this like robot robot. the sex robot and i'm just like wow the future I mean, I'm excited for sex robots i'm kind of excited for sex robots and it's also just interesting how everything about our career path is like very much being influenced by the development of technology totally even though like the club is like one of those older like bygone era strongholds yes it's archaic it is archaic but i mean the nature of the work might change but the work itself is never going away yeah and i think like another thing that i was like talking to another friend about was um that I was like saying like I feel like a therapist all the time constantly and and he was like you know therapist is a much newer term you know like that role in society is very different than other people who perform that task like historically yeah and like so like what's new is the therapy what's not new or what's new is the term therapist what's not new is the therapy and who provides it yeah so that really kind of stuck with me I like that yeah we're definitely therapists. Definitely. We are providing some serious therapy for these dudes. So on that note, it's time for a commercial break. Great. I'm a real bitch. I'm serious. I'm a female dog with the gift of communicating with humans. Don't believe me? Well, I don't give a fuck. I am a bitch after all. I'm tired of humans being too lazy to come up with creative insults. I'm the bitch here. Any other use is appropriation. Don't make me bitch you out, and by bitch you out, I mean act like the female dog that I am within your vicinity, which might include barking, biting, or doing some other thing to get you out of my way. I'm a real bitch, and I'm here to tell you, only real bitches from now on. Paid for by the Federation of Bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any texts from clients? Do I? Do I? (laughs) This one is just like an example of how determined, um this particular client was to like get my attention even though I wasn't replying to any of these texts so I'm gonna just like read the text followed by like a timestamp so you can understand (laughs) yes the time okay so we get like the text from the night we met super awesome to see you again looking forward to hearing from you no response that was on May 19th okay May 20th have a good night tonight sweet dreams no response May 20th. (laughs) All right, yeah, May 20th, just like a little bit later in the day. (laughs) Here's hoping you have a thoughtful spot as good as Pooh Bear's. I don't know what that means. What? Anyways, (laughs) May 21st, sad face, crickets and tumbleweeds, dot, 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 dot. Fast forward to June 3rd. I'm at the club if you're here tonight. Wow, persistent. No response. 
June 11th. Hey, Star. Happy Monday. Working tonight? <laughs> Nothing. July 9th. Happy Monday. Working tonight? Fast forward to July 19th. Hey, happy almost weekend. What's your schedule these next several days? Wow. And that was it. Wait, Stopped. why don't you talk to him? Is he a dick? I think he didn't pay me enough. Usually, oh, yeah, like, I have yeah. no problem replying to clients who want to see me. Yeah, but if it's just like a single But guy. he probably just wasn't worth it. I don't remember yeah. who he is at all. I don't oh, remember yeah, interacting yeah. with him. No, but, I believe this. Um, I'm sure I had a good reason for ghosting oh, him. Oh, I'm sure too. <laughs> if no, I'm not I'm replying to you, it's because you're not paying me enough. <laughs> okay. So this is um, my text from Eric with the Maserati. Mm. And um, just as a side note, Eric doesn't really buy anything expensive. He's only bought single dances with me, but he has tipped me $20. Okay. Which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. So um, this is Tuesday, and I've told him that I don't work Tuesdays. Eric, you work tonight? Me. Eric, I've told you a million times. I only work Thursday and Saturday nights. Him. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just waking up. Send me a sexy pic. I sent him a picture of sexy chicken. <laughs> I'm seeing this photo and like, holy shit. The chicken legs are like up in the air, like doing a sexy cake. Yeah. And there's like potatoes that become boobs somehow. I'm and like in a love butt. With this image. Yeah. <laughs> will you send it to me so I can send it to clients? I will totally send it to you. Thank you. Tuesday, April 30th. Hey. May, that's from him. Tuesday, May 7th, me. Hey. <laughs> Wednesday, May 8th, him. Hey. Friday, May 10th. Text me some real sexy pictures and not chicken legs. LOL. All caps. Then I sent him two pictures of Idris Elba. Oh, he thinks he can laugh at it. He's just <laughs> laughing at himself. <laughs> him. So you got jokes. <laughs> I'm talking about pictures of you. Anyway, he's just... I love the chicken legs. <laughs> Bruh. I just love that he's just like, so you got jokes. <laughs> send him a pic of somebody else's titty. Yes. I mean, next time I'm just going to send him, like, somebody else's boobies, so... Meg would be so proud of you. I just... I love it. I love to send people, other people's sexy pics. There's just things that I'm like, this is sexy. Yeah. He asked for sexy pics. He didn't say of you. Of me? What? No. Chicken is totally reasonable. Especially not for free. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on. Those things cost money. Anyway, so we're about to reach the end of our episode. Where can we find you? I am on a lot of platforms, but probably the easiest one to find me is my Instagram, which is star, S-T-A-R-R, underscore, champagne, star, underscore, champagne. That was like my phone sex voice almost. (laughs) Star, S-T-A-R-R, underscore, champagne. I can't spell champagne right now. Champagne. Champagne. You just kind of have to autocorrect it there. (laughs) I live on autocorrect. It took me a while to figure out how to spell it. I know now because I use it so much, but yeah, yeah, there was a while I was spelling it wrong too. (laughs) It's all good. So I am Selena the Stripper. You can follow me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can donate to this wonderful podcast at The Real Pretty Boy Girl on Patreon. Please follow. You get these primo stories of my experiences with people in the club. There's a lot of wild shit and extras stories that I don't post on my regular Instagram feed because I feel like I should be getting paid if you want these kinds of juicy deets. True. So uh, pay me. Pay her. Fuck you, pay me. Mm-hmm.
And um, anyway, so I hope that you enjoy this episode and we'll continue tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share this, um, do what you can, and uh, have a wonderful slutty day. Stay slutty. Stay slutty. Stay thoughtful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right. Anyway, bye-bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money.